Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your call host, J.P. Miller, a pride and joy of man And the Pro Football Radio Commission Creator, welcome in, Podcast 91. I went old school and did the high pitch Puma intro. I was just gonna say, I haven't heard that in like forever, the, the high pitch intro, but what is up? Week two in the books, another round of great football. I I mean, just when you thought, alright, really can't get any better than Raiders Baltimore. Nope, nope, it, it certainly did. Granted, last night, not so much after the third quarter. But Sunday Night Football with the Chiefs in, in, in the Ravens, that was that was great. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed the the Sunday slate this week. So can't be uh, can't be complaining too much. How you doing, Burge? I'm doing great. Glad to be back here. You know, I too, you know, I was watching football all day Sunday. I, I was a little bit unimpressed by the early games. You know, mm-hmm. there was very sloppy football being played and basically across the board, you know, some injuries came up. But... You know the, the later the later games, especially you know that uh, Sunday night game between the Ravens and the Chiefs, that was a, uh, a phenomenal game to watch. Um, you know it's it's football season and <laughs> loving every second of it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but we'll we'll hit on that some more. But you make a good point there, Burge. Where like I was watching all the one o'clock games, and there's a lot of like bad offenses in the one o'clock game, and then you watch some of the four twenty five games. Uh, and you're seeing a completely different shift, especially with that Seattle-Tennessee game. That was a fun game to watch. Was, I mean, obviously, yep. Tampa Bay and the, the Falcons, they were going high-flying. Even that um, Cowboys-Chargers game was fun. But it's, uh, it's it's happening. We're into it. Week three is here. Presumably week four. And we'll all be looking forward to that Patriots-Buccaneers uh, matchup, which is already kind of bubbling up a little bit. So... It's good. It's Chris, be I feel like times, we need man. to do. I feel like we need to do two podcasts that week just to get <laughs> just to get like the uh, Brady Belichick stuff out of the way, and then uh, like actually have like a game preview pod. <laughs> like that that might be a twofer that week for sure. Oh, so many, <laughs> so many juicy storylines. Oh, you, yeah. you should do a little uh, little blog post about the Brady Belichick thing. I feel like you'd love that. I feel like you too need to do a Brady blog I post. I feel like I've beaten the dead horse with this thing for the last year and a half. It's like just rehashing all the same stuff. There's nothing really new has come out yet. I don't know. You know our, our group week, chat says otherwise. The week of that October 12th is going to be uh, be a good week because that'll be when we find out some, some stuff from that new Wickersham book. That'll be... Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that we'll, Jay and I will disagree on that too. <laughs> oh, trust me, we already are. I mean, just the way the the narrative coming out of that book, and just the way that uh, some people are phrasing it. I, I was like reading your your remarks, and the fact that you used caddy at, to uh, describe Brady already tells me a lot about uh, how this thing is being spun. You know, so that was a quote. That was a quote from the afternoon show today. Oh, exactly. Well, and I know you're getting it for somewhere because I heard those guys on on Boston Radio talk about it, but. If I had to guess, it's it's coming from a certain situation, the way that they're framing it, you know? That's okay. We'll, 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 we'll wait till the book comes out, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, week three game previews. We're going to talk about New England versus... I'm sorry, uh, the Saints versus the Patriots, the Rams versus uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Las Vegas Raiders versus the Miami Dolphins, uh, the Washington football team versus the Buffalo Bills, and finally, the Green Bay Packers versus the San Francisco 49ers on Saturday Night Football. We'll hit on some best bets with the Puma, and then finally we'll round it out with the fantasy uh, bulls with birds. So without further ado, you guys ready to get into this? 
Let's roll. Let's do it. All right, game preview number one. The New Orleans Saints at 1-1 one one are traveling up to face the New England Patriots at 1-1 one one also. New Orleans is coming off a absolutely horrific performance against the Carolina Panthers. They lost 26-7. Um, Winston was pretty bad, 111 yards, two interceptions. Camara was pretty awful as well. Eight rushes, five yards, which kind of blew me away. Um, on the other end, the New England Patriots just kind of coming off of a big win against the Jets. Final score was 25-6, and the main storyline out of that game was Zach Wilson absolutely melting down and throwing four interceptions uh, and making it a fairly easy win for, for New England. So, with that being said, Burge, I'm going to turn it over to you. I know you've got some stuff to say about this game, so have at it, brother man. Yeah, so, so you know, just to recap what happened, you know, last week with the Jets, you know, watching that game, you know, it was a lot of the same stuff we saw in week one. Um, from the Patriots, uh, sans the fumbles that occurred. Um, you know, still didn't see much of uh, Mac Jones opening down the field. You know, I know, Jay, you know, we've had some talks offline about, you know, what's it coming from? Is it from Mac himself? Is it from the play calling? You know, and, you know, personally, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, we had some, some videos being sent back and forth where Mac was kind of missing some guys wide open down the field just to check it down, you know. Talking about the Saints, too, you know, we, we talked, you know, early in the, you know, in the offseason, uh, like around training camp about Carolina and how they're kind of like a team to watch out for this year. You know, they're off to a hot start down there. Um, you know, so, you know, the Saints have been dealing with a lot of, you know, issues. They haven't been home, you know, because of the hurricane down there. I don't know if you guys saw, too, the Superdome caught fire today. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so who knows when they're actually going to play games in that building add in the fact that they've had a COVID outbreak, you know, with their coaching staff, you know, they're kind of in a bit of disarray right now. So, you know, the, this performance from them this week was kind of, you know, when you add up all the factors, you know, kind of, I don't want to say expected it, but you're not, so, you're not shocked by it. Um, and Burge, going into, don't what? forget the, they, they also were missing coaches too. Like they had, like, coaches. Yeah. they had Eight a handful coaches. of coaches that yeah. were out too with COVID. Yep. Yep, they're, they're, the outbreak with them has been really, really bad. So you add that on top of everything else that they've been dealing with to start the season. You know, the fact that they look so good against, you know, the Green Bay Packers in week one is kind of, kind of you know, shocking, I guess you could say. Obviously, there's other factors that play into that. We don't get need to get into it. But going into this game for the Patriots against the Saints, what I'm looking for, you know, I'm a little worried because... The offense of uh, game scheme, and you know, you know, Sean Payton's a great coach in terms of scheming opponents. And when the Patriots have played them in the past, they've been close games. You know, I think of the uh, the Unicorn Show Ponies game from you know, <laughs> I don't know eight years ago when Karen Scott Zolak, <laughs> yep, Scott Zolak lost his mind on that last minute catch. You know, they always seem to play these guys tight. You know, so I have no doubt that Sean Payton's going to have his guys ready to go. It's just going to be a matter of like which Alvin Kamara is going to show up, which yeah. Jameis Winston is going to show up. Um, from the Patriots' standpoint, I really want to see Mac start to, to, to push the ball downfield a bit when he has to. You're not going to win games running the ball all, you know, as much as they do and just shoving it down their throats. They got, like you said, Jay, we're, we're almost on Buccaneers week here. They're not going to be able to beat the Bucs by trying to run the ball 30 times. It's just not going to happen. So I'm really looking for Mac Jones to take, you know, a step forward in this game. I really think that he, you know, will end up doing so. I'd like to see him throw to the end zone. I, I do have the Patriots winning this game, uh, covering the three points, that or laying the three points, I should say. Um, being at home, you know, trying to build off a, you know, we can debate what their win was last week. Was it impressive? Was it not? At the end of the day, they ended up blowing the team out. Yes, I know Zach Wilson gave the game away a lot, but I, I do like the Patriots here to, you know, keep their keep building on what they what they did this past week. Yeah. 
And I think you make a good point about, about Mac Jones. And listen, it's a little too early for any of us to bury him. Um, it's the kid's second start, so we're going to give him the, the benefit of the doubt, uh, you know, until the middle of the year or even until the end of the year if he's still making some of these mistakes. But for the most part, listen, I think he was effective running the offense. He looked poised for most of the game. You know, there's a couple of times where he does freak out a little bit, but I think as he sees those situations more, he'll become more comfortable in them. He, For the most part, what I like about him is he keeps the offense ahead of the downs, which I think mm-hmm. is great. Put, a, put them in the third and short situation. Uh, was he perfect? No, obviously, like you said, uh, he wasn't. You know, you got to clean up a couple of items with him. This is the second game in a row he took a sack and got him out of the field goal range. Wait, was it mm-hmm. a sack or was it the intentional grounding? Uh, no, no, it was a right? sack. That yeah, was, it was a sack. A, yeah, it was a sack, and it pushed him out of the field goal range. I mean, that's obviously something you can't be doing, right? Um, mm-hmm. And obviously the bigger ones being he missed two wide-open TDs, one with the flea flicker where he decided to check down to John Smith uh, where there was a Nelson Aguilar wide open in the end zone, and the other one where he missed Hunter Henry wide open in the end zone as well. And obviously this is all to the point where, you know, we're just trying to bring it up because we're a little concerned, but we're not, like, freaking out about it. Uh, we're still going to give him the time to develop and see how he is in the middle of the year. Now, the one thing that I am really concerned about, and I don't know how you feel about this, Burge, but I think this run defense is just as bad as it was last year. I didn't bring this up last week because I wanted to give him one more week to look at it, but, you know, if Alvin Kamara is able to run wild on 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 this soft front seven defense, which I think he is going to, I think we're going to have a tough time winning that game. Um, you know, Devon Godshaw, he looks like he might be a bad signing. Hightower kind of looks slow. Kind of looks slow. Um, you know, the only really bright spot that I could think of is obviously Judon, and he's been all over the field. Um, but I am a little concerned about how much push some of these offensive lines that are mediocre, right? I mean, at the end of the day, the Miami Dolphins offensive line isn't the best, and the Jets isn't offensive the line... best is being kind. Exactly, I'm gonna right? fucking bury them when you talk about the Raider game. <laughs> well, well, and that's the point, though, right? The Dolphins and the Jets have some pretty, you know, below average offensive line, and the fact they got that much push. Um, it is concerning. I'll leave you guys with one stat before I turn it over to you, Puma. Like, you know, week one, the Jets couldn't run the ball at all. They were absolutely atrocious. Week two, they ran it for 4.9 yards per carry, ended up with 152 rush yards. And if they had just kept with the run attack instead of letting Zach Wilson drop back and throw 19, you know, interceptions, it would be a much tighter game for the Patriots. So uh, I'm a little concerned uh, about the uh, the run defense, and obviously, Bird, you can chime in when you when you have a chance. But I want to get your thoughts on what you, uh, you know what the run defense is is uh, is up to, is looking for standards or not. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hit it on the head there. I mean, if you're going to pick one thing on this team that has been a, I don't want to say colossal disappointment, but the most disappointing, uh, you know, performances through two weeks of this team, for me, it's it, I agree with you, it's the run defense. I mean, the, the fact that the Jets were able to move on the ground like that concerns me big time because the linebackers the Patriots have, they're not, they're not specialized in – Pass coverage. They're slower linebackers. They're bigger guys. That's they're there to, to beef up the middle of the field and you know to, to, to clog the between the tackles there. And through two weeks they haven't done it. Um, you know I wouldn't say it cost them in in week one. Obviously it didn't cost them last week. But had they had any more uh, you know competent quarterback play, who knows? Because I mean you're in that game you know for a little bit before Zach Wilson started just tossing the ball to you know J.C. Jackson and you know the Patriots defensive backs, you know, there was a little bit of concern there because the Patriots offense wasn't doing anything. So no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. You know, it's the most disappointing, you know, probably thing for me on the team so far. Uh, and they got to clean it up because you're not going to win the, as we saw last year, if you're going to let teams run all over you, that's what they're going to do. And 
gonna open the passing game right up, right up for this for you know for the opponent. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Puma. Uh, I was just gonna say that we can get back to the, uh, the the Pat's love fest. I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the contrarian, uh, just one by nature. But two, like I, you know, I think this is obviously it's it's early. I get it. It's week three, but on paper, this is the best offensive unit and defensive unit that the New England Patriots have faced. And you know that's gonna change week four when Tampa Bay comes to town. But, I mean, you know, Jameis Winston, he came up here, with, granted, was with Tampa Bay in 2017. I mean, they lost 14-19. I understand it was a different team. Tom Brady was at the helm of the Pats at that time. But, I mean, 26-46, uh, 334 yards and a touchdown, which, one, I'm amazed he actually didn't have an interception. But, like, two, you know, this is a great offensive unit. Um, I, I kind of think it was more a combination of – the Saints didn't have the coaching staff it, for the Carolina game. And, you know, like you said, Burge, the, the Carolina Panthers, we had them as a podcast, as a team to keep an eye on in the, in the uh, early look ahead. Because on paper, like, this is a solid unit for the Carolina Panthers. And it's, it's proving out right now. This defensive unit, one, they're all, like, you know, first-round draft picks for the majority of it. And two, they're the top defense in the NFL right now. So let's give the Panthers some credit here. But I think mm-hmm. I think the Saints are going to right the ship. <clears throat> they, I think that you know, I'm not saying it's a must win. It's not a conference. It's not a division game. But you don't want to you know go down one and two, especially in that division of the uh, the NFC South, where you know you have the Panthers that could surprise people. The Buccaneers up until now have been rolling, and you know who knows what's going to happen next week. That's a story for another day. But, you know, I like the fact that the, the Saints are going to be getting three on the road. Um, I have the Saints covering. I have the Saints winning outright in Foxborough as well, too. Just to hammer the point home with the, the run defense, I think this is going to be a prime bounce-back spot for Alvin Kamara. And uh, in, his, in his backup running back, I believe it's Tony Scott or... or Tony Jones. Tony Jones. Tony Jones. I think, I think they're both going to have a day. I mean, Tony Jones is going to be like that, you know, complimentary role like Latavius Murray was uh, last year. And, and he got some work in the games as well, too, when when Alvin Kamara was active. So give me give me the Saints catching points and winning outright uh, up in Foxborough. Yeah. And I didn't get my prediction, but I also have uh, the Saints winning this game. Um, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think that Alvin Kamara is going to have an absolute heyday because up until this point, there's absolutely no evidence given to me by the Patriots that says they can stop a, a rushing attack. So I think Kamara is going to bounce back, have 150 yards-ish, uh, all-purpose. Um, I think Jameis Winston is going to have a couple of touchdowns, um, and, and I think we're looking at a loss. But before I turn it over to you, Bridge, I want to ask you a question in regards to some of the free agent signings that we, we had in the offseason and how, how they look so far through week two. Um, obviously, we discussed the, uh, the, pa- uh, the, the rush defense, which is having issues. But, you know, the tight ends, I feel like I've been a little bit disappointed as well. Um, on top of that, the, the wide receiver signings, I mean, yeah, Al Galore had that one touchdown week one, but for the most part, there isn't there. Is this just simply a product of Mac Jones not finding these guys, or is it like, are you somewhat concerned with the free agent signings that we had in the offseason? Well, I'll uh, I'll definitely be concerned with, uh, obviously, Godchow based on two weeks' performance here. Puma, I've jumped 100% on your train on freaking the Green Goblin, Jalen Mills. I just, Welcome aboard! You know, uh, I'm all set with him, and, you know, the, the, the tight ends, you know, 
I think part of it, I think it's, I think it's a bit of both. I think it's obviously them getting up to speed in a complicated system. I think some of it is, you know, the play calling that is, you know, protecting Mac Jones, so to speak. They're not, they're not doing what the Jets are doing with, with, um, with Zach Wilson, making him go out there and just chuck the ball all over the place. They're, it seems like they're, they're working him into this and they're, they're going to eventually work up to that point. Who knows? You know, they could be saving this for the Bucks game. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, the, the, the tight ends are catching balls. I mean, Jonu Smith, I think, had five receptions in that game on, uh, on Sunday. I think he had four in week one. So, you know, he's, he's not concerned. Hunter Henry's been a bit of a ghost. And obviously, looking at the, you know, in our back and forth in the, in the Twitter chat about that time, he was missed wide open for a touchdown. If that, if that ball gets to him, who knows? Maybe we're talking about it a little differently today. But uh, in terms of the defensive signings with Godchow and Mills, uh, uh, I mean, Mills 100% out. And, and, you know, don't even, don't even try to correct me on that unless he shows me something. Godchow is definitely trending in that direction at this point. I, I, I'm wondering when they're going to unleash Christian Barmore to just let him, you know, play a majority of the snaps uh, on, in, that, in that role. Uh, Lawrence Guy has been a bit of a disappointment coming back, too. Yeah, you know, he, he, mm-hmm. he, he was very good for this team the past good couple point. of years. Um, you know, on that defensive line, and he's been pretty much a no-show. So, yeah. I think he had like one play down by the goal line, but that's it so far. That's all I've seen he, out of him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they brought him back. He was very good. You know, a good fit. Honestly, I was surprised they brought him back once they once they had signed Gotcha. I know Gotcha was supposed to be the uh, replacement for for Adam Butler, who signed down with the Dolphins. But you know, I want to see more out of basically that entire defensive line, that entire mm-hmm. defensive front. You want to see more out of going forward. I mean, obviously, you've seen enough with Matthew Judon. Josh Uche has looked, you know, has looked like he's eventually going to be that one of those like that maybe the next linebacker for this team um, on defense because I mean he's had a couple of sacks already. Obviously, the one he had I think last week was in garbage time. So you know, say what you want about that, but you know, you haven't heard Chase Winovich's name at all. You know, you haven't heard. Um, even when Kyle Van Noy was active on on, on uh, week one, you didn't really hear much of him. Mm-hmm. Dante Hightower, I, it's got to take time for him to come back. You can't take a year off and just come back to what you were. I think that's him being slow is 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 attributing to that mostly. Obviously, he's getting older too. But yeah, with the free agent signings, I I think let's let's hold off on the offensive ones, especially the receivers and the tight ends, just to see if this offense decides to finally open up. Uh, before before we can really judge them, but like yeah. I said, screw it, screw Jalen Mills. Yeah, that that uh that defense is really concerning, and not just the front seven, but also the secondary as well, right? And we thought this defense was gonna be the mainstay of the team, right? It's gonna be what's gonna carry Mac Jones through the season. And I saw a Jets team play one of the worst games possible. Like first of all, I I don't ascribe to lazy takes of it's just the Jets, so everybody in the Jets sucks, right? But my God, when you're sitting there watching that game and Zach Wilson throw four interceptions and you're watching just absolute, like, horrid offense, you're thinking, all right, well, the Patriots are doing something good, right? You start looking at some of the stats and the Patriots were outpaced by the Jets in total yards of offense, time of possession, and first downs. And, like, I'm just, like, stunned that, I mean, you can't go at this team hardcore because they gave up 17 points week one to the Dolphins and 22 this week and got four interceptions. But, like, for some reason, this defense just seems like it's not what it was meant to be or what was built at in the offseason. No, I mean, you know, they've given up, I think, 23 points all year so far. I mean, it's hard to 
hard to say that, you know, I mean, but getting away from defense for a minute, I mean, going back to the quarterbacks, you know, with Mac Jones, like you look at all the other rookie quarterbacks that are playing right now, Mac Jones looks like the best, like the best in terms of, you know, protecting the ball. I mean, there, and, and a lot of this is, is designed by the Patriots, the way they're integrating him into this team. But you look, you look out there, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's well, got I mean, a better record than Trevor Lawrence. High either. I, well, I, I mean, understand, you know what I'm saying? I like, that. Trey, Trey Lance is in some packages. Maybe they're going to get him more involved because the 49ers don't have any running backs. And, you know, we'll probably hit on that game a little bit towards the end. But, I mean, hell, I mean, we could, we might do a better job getting the football down the field in Jacksonville, too. I mean, I mean granted, I mean, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm with I, you. I'm with you. He's the most pro-ready out of all of them right now. But in terms of decision-making, everywhere. Well, I, I, I think that see that's where i have an issue like if he was so pro ready he would easily see those open tight ends like he would easily get the ball to those guys and that's the one concern i have is like you know he's doing great he's efficient he's getting the ball down he's getting the ball ahead of the downs and he's moving the moving the ball i get that but like if he was so pro ready and like if he was making such smart decisions he would easily see oh my god that guy is wide open right there like i feel like to get to the point in the nfl where you're a starting quarterback you should be able to make that play no, I, it, you know, I, going back to those two plays that we talked about with the Henry and the Aguilar in the end zone and the, on the flea flicker, I have no issue with what he did on the flea flicker. Yeah, he maybe could have taken the shot and thrown the ball deep to, to Aguilar there. Maybe a more seasoned player does that in the league. But I got no problem with him taking the safe first down play there and getting it to John o. Smith. The Hunter Henry one is the one that's more concerning because it seemed like based on the video that he looked right at him. Yeah, he looked and right he, at him. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes and then he goes and he and he commits intentional grounding on the same play. So that that's one you, I I'll be with you 100% on that. I the Agler one with with the flea flicker, I'm I, I I don't necessarily hate that. You know, obviously you want to see him take the shot to the end zone, but at least he's not. At least he's not. Uh, you know, trying to force it anywhere. He got. He, John Smith was wide open too. He mm-hmm. probably looked. He got that ball out quick once he got it back. He didn't wait. He he got it out right well, away. He caught it and threw it. Yes, I understand that. But like to be a pro ready quarterback, you understand in that situation, you're on this side of the field where nobody's going to touch you for the next five seconds. You have all day right there. And the reason why this flea flicker was ran, not was for a 10-yard check down. Like, I don't think Josh McDaniels drew it up for him to just check it down. Like, he checked it down so quick. Like, he didn't even take a look downfield. And, and I think that's some of the concerning part where it's like, you know, he didn't even look look down the field and then check down. He just checked it down immediately. You feel me? Like, he's just no, so... I, Go ahead. That, that's definitely fair. That's definitely a fair, fair way to look at it. I'm not going to argue against that. I think that, you know, obviously... As a fan, you want to see him take that shot, you you know, especially where we haven't seen him take a shot to the end zone yet. Exactly, so, and because this is a time that you gotta take these shots because mm-hmm. you're not gonna be able to take these shots against Tampa Bay or uh, I don't know, maybe even the Saints this week if they have a good offensive explosion. The time was last week when the Jets were done. You were up twenty-two-six. You had time to actually work on his craft, and he actually had some opportunities to look downfield. In a game that he was gonna win, and I and I just I, that was the time to work on it. And I, I can't believe he didn't do it. You know, I and you know what I and you know what I, I second that notion, especially I'll take it more from the play calling standpoint. You know, I think they they had the ball within the red zone, uh, or probably within like the fifteen yard line late in the game, and they ran up and they ran it three times and they kicked mm-hmm. the field goal. I believe I'm like, dude, that was your perfect time to to just dial something up. It doesn't have to be anything that's gonna give away your playbook or anything. Just let the kid throw to the end zone. And that was the time to do it. And who cares? Who cares about playing like 
sportsmanship with the Jets. I mean, the Patriots have never shown that over the last 20 years. I was going to say, Bill Belichick has never showed sportsmanship right. with the New York Jets. Like, Not even yeah. just the New York Jets, the whole league. The whole league, you know, they yeah, would that's, that's, run the score good, up. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good so, point. Like, Bill Belichick doesn't show sportsmanship at all. He, he doesn't, he wasn't, he's not going to, he, he'll run the score up on anybody. And, like, that was the perfect time to let Mac take a shot to the end zone in garbage time. And they didn't, they just ran up and lined up and ran the ball three times, kicked the field goal. I'm like, come on. The Jets aren't coming back at that point. That was the time I was screaming for him. Like, just let him throw to the end zone once. Just let him do it once. Yeah. And they didn't. It, so That was, uh, but, like, overall, that was not a fun game to watch. Oh, my God. No, it was, it was boring. Was, it was boring. I was like, let's get this game over with. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And then it's so, like, completely different when you, like, turn on the 4 o'clock game and watch Tampa Bay. Just like, all right, touchdown here, touchdown here, touchdown here. 21 points in the first quarter. It's just like jarring to me that this is the offense we're running right now. And obviously, like I said, we all got to give Mac his time and we've got to put trust into uh, the system to, you know, eventually get him up and running so he can actually score in the NFL. But it's definitely going to be hard to watch some of these games. (laughs) Yeah, well, real quick before we we move on to the next game, uh, Parker's pick for this game. He, he went to the uh, the yogurt treat this time. It wasn't a peanut butter puff. He went to the New England Patriots. Uh, you bribed uh, him. He probably put the yogurt no, treat right on the no, Pats one, the no. only one that had a snack. Tweet at Chantel. She'll tell you I didn't set this I want, one up I want, at all. Chantel, babe, I want video evidence. I don't want. I don't want. I want you to send it to me. I don't. I don't want Burge. I don't want him. We to didn't knock record. We didn't footage. record these picks. Next ah, time. Here we go. Next week. Here next we week we'll record it for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want live video of the chain and custody on this yogurt, okay? Yes, yes. We're gonna treat this. We're gonna treat this like drug testing at a Balco lab. I want. Hey, she she put the treats down, not me. I was I was just there tapping yeah. in the center of them, being like, "Let's go, buddy." Throw poor Chantel head first center of the Greyhound. Oh, <laughs> I'm my just God. kidding. I'm just kidding. I lo- so so real quick up until this point, Burge, and then I swear to God, we're gonna move on to the rest of the games. What is Parker's record right now? Obviously, this is all against the spread, right? So, like, yep. What are we What are we looking at for the little guy? So, he seems to be on a heater. So he's beat. He's better than me so far. I mean, that's not hard to do. But um, through two weeks with the picking the games that you know we're we're doing here on the podcast, he is five and three. Oh, shit. five and three against the spread on the year so far. Yeah, he's doing okay. pretty good. Right. Doing pretty He's good. That's why I was going for the uh, Ravens last in that game the other night. I was like, "Let's go! We're gonna get him the five and three. <laughs> so, um, so what are you doing Thursday on my drive to New Jersey? I think you, you might need to put me on speaker. <laughs> I might need to talk to the little man. <laughs> hey, some of my buddies have placed bets for him, and, and, and they've come out as wins for him. So, okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's right. pretty cool. Parker, sharp, sharp shades. You gotta get him some sunglasses. So next time when you do the video. Of him, like, making Parker's picks. He's got the sunglasses. We're going to call him a sharp. That's what's yeah. up. <laughs> Parker's got a little degenerate in him, huh? Sharp uh... Parker. The sharp shades. <laughs> He's going to be pressing me to place, start placing bets. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Yo, Dad, get that college fund going. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, let's move on to game preview number two. The 2-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going out. To Los Angeles to play the 2-0 Rams. Uh, Tampa Bay is coming off of a great win against the Falcons, 48-25. Uh, Brady threw for five touchdowns. Uh, Gronk caught two. Mike Evans caught two. Uh, Great-looking offensive explosion from those guys in Tampa Bay. And the Rams are coming off of a good win as well. A little bit of a nail-biter in Indianapolis. They beat the Colts 27-24. In a game somehow where Carson Wentz ended up with two sprained ankles. You don't hear that often. Yeah, I was actually amazed. I'm like, I don't know how... 
how you do that yeah. but that's impressive like for yeah. all the shit like cars is gonna get for being injury prone like that is really impressive to sprain well, both ankles getting sacked like okay well it's you were funny that it would happen to injuries. that guy it, you know like if there's one guy you would pick for it to happen to you're like all right carson wentz is probably gonna sprain both his ankles in the game somehow <laughs> yeah color me shocked color me shocked. oh my god but puma since we talked so much in the last segment let's turn it over to you real quick and get some of your analysis on this game <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. i was about to go make myself a fucking sandwich and cut the crust off um wait till next week it's like why am i here why am oh, i here uh, Wait till, yeah, exactly. Wait till next week, right? <laughs> That's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. You know, I'm going to put a poll up when we're done recording and we release the episode tomorrow. Should we do two podcast episodes? We'll do like a special <laughs> Belichick, Belichick Brady pod, and then we'll actually get to a game preview. So we'll exercise mean, all the demons, and and there you, you the, go. You mean the J, the J and Burge kill each other pod, right? Exactly. I'll be like the host. <laughs> I'll be the host. I'll be better. I'll be better than Chris Wallace in a presidential debate. You know, it'll it'll be it'll be a very well run, organized machine. It'll it'll be great. It'll be like a BMW factory. Anywho, um, so the the Buccaneers Rams game. So right now the line it's uh the Rams they're they're actually laying a point. Uh, they're at home. Uh, one point favorite. The over under is fifty four and a half. I mean. Tampa, they're coming off of a 48-25 drubbing. I mean, it it, it kind of got a little closer, you know, before like the third, you know, like the fourth quarter when uh when Matt Ryan became a pick machine. But Brady, 24-36, 276 touchdown, uh, 276 <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> Fucking hell, 276 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, Gronk had two, Evans had two. Uh, Chris Godwin, I think he had, he had one. I mean, everybody, everything was firing at all cylinders. I think the only person that didn't find the end zone was Antonio Brown, which naturally I needed him to fall in the end zone, but it didn't happen. But I mean, it, it looked great. The pass defense for the Buccaneers is a little concerning considering the howitzer that they're going up against with, you know, Sean McVay and, and Matthew Stafford and, you know, get it, Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup is performing at a level almost pre like ACL injury. Like mm-hmm. he is just on a whole other level. I think he ended the day with what was the purge? Like two touchdowns, a hundred plus receiving 163, yards. 163 receiving yards. On what, like twelve receptions? I mean the guy was a PPR yep. machine. And you know, he's looking pre ACL. Robert Woods is a little bit concerning, but I think he's he kind of came into the season dinged up. Um uh, but Daryl Henderson, he might miss this game with like a rib injury of some sort. So like Sony Michelle might be the next man up, but that's really not going to matter when you're going up against this vaunted, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense anchored by Vita Vey, uh, Vita Vea. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to take t- uh, the Rams to, to win this game. I think, I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to win this. It is going to be close. 54 and a half seems a little rich to me, but I can, I can see it going over just because of, like I said, how concerning the Buccaneer secondary has been through two weeks. And I get it. It's two weeks. It's, you know, we're kind of overreacting a little bit in some of the games, but um, give me the Rams laying the point and I'll take the over in this game as well, too. Yeah. I mean, this is, in my opinion, I think this is a, a strong possibility to be the uh, preview for the NFC championship game in January this year. I'll second that. Uh, I think that uh, I've I've been very high on the Rams uh, since you know we started recording this in the uh, in the off season. I think that Matthew Stafford has looked at home in this uh, in this Sean McVay offense. 
you know, it's nice to see him start, you know, get off to a good start with a team. Um, I'm, I'm actually rooting for the guy. You know, he brought it away for, what, 12 years up in Detroit. Uh, it's, it's, it's really nice to see he's a guy that, you know, I really would love to see get a Super Bowl ch- title at some point. So, the the for me in this game, the injury to Daryl Henderson obviously would be uh, very concerning. Um, you know, I honestly didn't even see that he got dinged up. Uh, I have him in like three fantasy leagues, so thank you, Puma. I appreciate that. Um, you know, looking at their game against the Colts, yeah, it was a lot closer. You know, we can talk about the Indianapolis Colts and where they're at if Carson Wentz is healthy. I think. You know, they're better than their record says, 0-2. Um, so the fact that this game was close doesn't surprise me. In terms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Falcons games, the Atlanta Falcons are an absolute joke. Their defense is so bad. Matt Ryan putting the ball on the ground, in the air, and pick, getting it picked off. I was watching that game. Obviously, Jay and I got into a little bit of a beef during that game. No and beef. It was, we uh, no oh, beef it's, at all, oh, brother. Oh, it was a beef. Don't lie. No beef. We, nah. no beef watching all, that, <laughs> watching that, watching that defensive performance, and you know, I think it was the second touchdown to Mike Evans, and watching that cornerback try to defend it, it was an absolute joke. And you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna bet against Tom Brady here, and he's maybe paying the past. But I, I think that this game is the best defense that the Bucks have faced all you know in the first mm-hmm. three two two games three weeks of the season, and this is going to be a real test for their you know what their offense can do. Uh, I'm concerned about the Buccaneers' running attack, uh, you know, with Ronald Jones mm-hmm. and and Leonard Fournette there. Whether or not you know Brady, I mean, needs they it or combined not, you know? they combined for 76 yards on like 17 touches. That is horrifying. And yeah, again, that was against that was against a very bad. Falcons defense, but I could make an argument where, like, granted, the secondary's been horrid the whole game, but it went, like, exponentially worse when A.J. Terrell left the game for the Falcons with a concussion. At that mm-hmm. point, that's when the floodgates open. But, Burch, back to the running game, and then you get the floor again. Like, 76 yards between two running backs on 17 touches is horrifying. Like, we can't... I know Brady's spinning the ball better than he mm-hmm. was in the 20s, yeah. but... Would save some of those bullets a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think no. that's that's my biggest concern is just the the balance between pass offense and run offense for the Buccaneers, right? Like they are just throwing the ball bombs away, and and it's to the point where I'm like, maybe like take some of those like throws away and maybe run the ball a little more, right? Because if you're gonna beat uh you know the Rams and that and that like you know D line, especially with Aaron Donald. You're gonna need about 120 yards from from Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, right? Um, you get him 125 yards rushing. You Brady does the rest. I think you guys have a really good chance of winning down in in in, uh, in Los Angeles. Now on the defensive side, the pa- the Tampa pass defense it's it's pretty bad, man. There's a lot of concerns on that on that side of the field, especially with all the injuries in, in the secondary. They gave up a ton of yardage to both Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott. And I do believe Matthew Stafford is going to have some success exploiting this poorest secondary. I, I actually agree with you guys. I think the Los Angeles Rams are going to win this game. And part of me wants them to win wow. this game because I want Holy all shit. of this. We like, got a clean sweep, huh? Exa- we exactly. actually all agree. It can happen. <laughs> it can happen. Well, part of me wants them to win as well, right? Because at the end of the day, like, you know, 
all this 17-0 talk needs to go away, right? It's it's running rampant down at Tampa. Like, you can just feel some of the, the cockiness from the players as well. Obviously, Brady would never get to this level, but some of those younger guys took the pedal off the off the gas pedal on, on, on Sunday against the Falcons and almost bit them in the ass, right? Um, so I want them to kind of get a little reality check, lose a game, um, and maybe that would really kind of amplify them. Plus, if they lose a game, they're going to be even more pissed off for that game against uh, Bella Fraud next Sunday. So that'll be, that'll be awesome. But the question I have for you guys is, and, you know, with how Tom Brady is playing, you know, is this the best Tom Brady you've seen play football? Because from where I'm sitting, you know, he's completing 65% of his passes, 655 yards, nine touchdowns, 113 rating. The two interceptions he had was on a Hail Mary and on a Leonard Fournette drop. I mean, besides those two interceptions, he's played pretty much a perfect two games. You know, at the moment, he's outpacing his 2007 season in through two games. He's outpacing Patrick Mahomes in his 2019 campaign, last year's Aaron Rodgers campaign for MVP. He's outpacing all those guys. So is this the best Tom Brady you guys have seen? I mean, yeah. for me, for me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna touch the, touch it with 2007 until you know I see it for you know a larger sample size of it because you know they're they're gonna run into you know this could be the week where they run into a you know an issue like we're all picking the Rams to win who knows what kind of uh, what kind of game you know he's gonna turn in here, um, you know, I'd, I'd say in the last maybe six or seven years. This is probably the best Tom Brady that I've seen. I mean, definitely helps that he, you know, he's got that incredible receiving corpse. Obviously, Gronkowski appears to be, you know, back to what he was pre, um, mm-hmm. you know, the retirement there. You know, and look out if he, if he is if he's going to be that guy again uh, down there. But yeah, in terms of his over the course of his career, I still take 2007 as the best. You know, one of the best quarterback performances I've seen out of any quarterback for the course of a season. Um, you know, again, it's obviously it's early in this year, so that could my, my, my take on this could very much change if he continues at this pace. Yeah. I think he's trying to get uh he's trying to get Gronk that Randy Moss twenty three touchdown um, in a year <laughs> record. Cause I mean he's going to him quite a bit. He's got four Gronk's got four touchdowns through two games. Like I think they're gunning for twenty four touchdowns for Gronk. My my question is going to be is if they if if he can hold up for the full season. I mean, I obviously, you know, he played all of last year. Obviously, I think he was like kind of uh, you know, he obviously wasn't as as involved last year as he is right now. And you know Gronk's history with with the injuries and getting digged yeah. up. I it's going to be that's going to be kind of the deciding factor of it. And I think they have enough talent on in that tight end room to offset some of his uh, some mm-hmm. of his workload, right? You got OJ Howard, Cam Braid. I mean, those guys can can step up quite a bit. But I was telling Puma this, you know, uh, via phone call. I think it was a Monday night or Sunday night or whatever it was. But the amount of torque that Tom Brady's putting on his balls this year, like I haven't seen that in a couple of years now. Like I, I've watched Brady enough now to know, like you know, his throwing motion and this and that and little details that change along the way. But the way he's like twisting his hips um like i don't know he's putting extra torque on on the football i don't know if this is like a direct effect of having your knee fixed and you can actually like put more torque on it but the way that he's like using his body to like get the ball out there quicker i haven't seen this in in many years now and i'm super excited to see what the rest of the year holds for him i'm gonna refrain from making any jokes on anything that you just said right there (laughs) yeah oh fucking lean into what i was gonna say something but fuck it but fuck it Uh, to hell with that Last thing on this before we move off of it, um, 
MVP discussion. I got Brady miles ahead uh, of the other two quarterbacks at the moment. I got Brady number one. I've got Kyler Murray at number two because he's having an impressive mm-hmm. two game stretch. And then you got to throw Derek Carr in there for what he's doing mm-hmm. uh, with the oh, Raiders. Oh, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real quick before we move on, uh, just the uh, Parker's pick for this game: the Los Angeles Rams. Like us, nice. so it's a clean, clean sweep. sweep. All right. And just one one more point I want to make about the Buccaneers for this season. I'm seeing a lot of similarities from some of those those middling Patriots teams that we saw, you know, in the early 2000s, where they were very they were very lopsided in terms of how they balanced the offense. You know, they had a lack of a running game and they were throwing the ball everywhere. So they had a ton of regular season success, and then come time in the playoffs when you know you really need to have that balance. It, it, it went away. Obviously, Brady's on another level right now. Can he compensate for that? But you know, I'm seeing a lot of the, that kind of that similarity with you know with with their running attack and you know the balance that the offense has. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, no, that's that was my first point. I just wish I saw some better um, pass slash run offense. You know, just balance out. Just give give the ball to Ronald Jones a couple times. You know, let him, let Leonard Fournette run. Um, that would, that would do them wonders, but, uh, let's talk, let's move on to game preview. Number three, uh, we've got the one and one Miami Dolphins traveling to Las Vegas to take on the two and oh, Las Vegas Raiders. Wow. Uh, talk about gonna, it, Puma. If you're going to, if you're going to say Raiders, you're going to say it right. The Raiders. So Miami last week lost, uh, in the, uh, Puma Bowl, uh, 35 to zero to the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Um, the main storyline coming out of that game was obviously Tua taking a big hit to his ribs um, and having to leave uh, leave the game. At the moment, the X-rays are negative and his status is up in the air for this upcoming game. So uh, that's the Miami side. On the Raiders side, they won in thrilling fashion in Pittsburgh. Uh, the final score was 26-17. Uh, this Raiders team is getting a lot of buzz after beating two playoff teams to start uh, 2-0, right? I mean, they're not just being up on cupcakes. They beat the Ravens and the Steelers. So uh, Raiders are definitely somebody to kind of keep an eye on. So, Puma, I'll turn it over to you, sir. What's uh, what's your analysis for this game? All right, before I bury the, the Miami Dolphins, before I bury the Dolphins and the O-line, I want to, I want to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders! <laughs> that is right. As the captain of the ship, Jay Chima, has said, the Raiders are off to a 2-0 start. They've beaten back-to-back, you know, back-to-back playoff teams. Uh, and honestly, I was kind of surprised about the Steelers' performance just because we saw what the Steelers did to Josh Allen week one. They didn't blitz him. J.J. Watt uh, looked like, you know, every not J.J. Watt, Jesus Christ, T.J. Watt looked like every bit of, you know, being worth that new extension that he got. But, I mean, really, like, the uh, the Raiders on both sides of the football, they, they took away that pass rush. Derek Carr was relatively clean. He did get rolled up. Uh, he banged up an ankle uh, on one of his uh, touchdown drives. He's questionable going into this game against the Dolphins, but J- uh, John Gruden thinks he is going to be full go. Uh, but I'm really hyped about Max Crosby. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw, we saw what he did um, – mm-hmm against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was double teamed a lot. Uh, Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL on Twitter did a great breakdown of not just like the Raiders performance against the Steelers, but how putrid the offensive line was for the Dolphins. And again, I'm going to get to that in a minute, but Max Crosby, he's leading the league in quarterback pressures and hits. And he was getting after Ben Roethlisberger enough that Ben's actually, I think he has a, uh, a pec issue. Like he's questionable for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
uh, he was he's questionable for the game uh, this week against the Bengals, uh, which is going to be part of my best bets. But Max Crosby is getting after it, man. And I know it's way too early for like defensive player of the year. But like, if you wanted to have a lottery ticket, like go look at Max Crosby's odds for for uh, you know defensive player of the year right now. Yeah, I think it's like 80 to 1, but I mean, if he keeps having performances like this, he is going to creep up the board. He's opening up a lot of different options for the Carl Nassibs of the world and other folks to be getting involved. But Derek Carr and the Raiders, he's spinning the ball. It's from the eye test. Carr looks like he did in his 2016 campaign when the Raiders were like, I think it was like 12 and 4. He was a dark horse MVP candidate until he broke his ankle. I think. Wasn't he in Foxborough when he broke it that year? It was definitely a road game. But, I mean, he's looking from the eye test like that kind of player right now. The players on the team have bought into him. I mean, he he doesn't waste a chance to hype up the players on his roster. Case in point, the week one post-game interview with Lisa Salters, which I thought was almost like an old Dusty Rhodes, hard times, daddy promo, when he was was talking about Zay Jones. But, I mean, he's leading the NFL right now in pass yards at 817 yards. He's got four touchdowns. He's one interception. He had an absolute bomb to Henry Ruggs. Like, that is the player that they drafted out of Alabama, that kind of guy that can take the top off of defense, and he's fucking spinning the ball right now. They're off to a 2 0 start. The first time they've done that since 1984 when you had Tom Flores as the head coach, Marcus Allen as running back, Hall of Famer, uh, Howie Long on the defensive side of the football. Like, these guys are firing at all cylinders. And the fucking Dolphins. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Damn. Dolphins. Talk about it. Talk like, about God, it. You know, everyone thought, like, Brandon, you're being hard on the offensive line. They got Tua. They got this guy at the USC at the 15th overall pick last year. The kid was under duress the entire time against the Buffalo Bills. And again, at Baldy NFL, does a great breakdown of how bad this offensive line was. I mean, it was open season on Tua. The kid, he couldn't even get through a three-step drop without having A.J. Epinesa, Ed Oliver, or hell, even uh, Micah Hyde in that backfield in his face. And the, the play that knocked him out, A.J. Epinesa, if, uh, you know, he was lined up, if you're looking at it from the end zone view, he's lined up on the right-hand side, and that that tackle did absolutely nothing. Like, he did not block him at all. Uh, all three of us probably could have done better in pass protection, and he just had an open shot at Tua, Tunga Vailoa, and that kid went down in a heap. I thought he broke his hip again. Uh, they oh, had to too. get a... They had to get a card out for him. Like, I'm not really, like, buying, like, the rib thing. I was like, are you really, like, is it a rib? Or, like, did you really fuck your hip up again? Because mm-hmm. I, the, way he, the way he went down, it was just, it was awkward. It looked like the, the, Alabama, the Alabama game where he, he hurt his hip uh, running the football. But it was just an absolute horrid performance. Like, this is, mm-hmm. this is why, like, if you're going to make an investment in a quarterback that has injury problems, and not just, like, little dings here and there, soft tissue stuff, but, like, actual, like, big issues, like the fractured hip or, like, the, the three tightrope surgeries he's had on his ankles, this is a huge problem. Like, you have to protect the investment, and all you've drafted are developmental guys for the offensive line. Like, that's not doing anybody any goddamn favors um so long story short i want nothing to do with the dolphins in this game uh the raiders i the the last time i looked 
The, uh, the Raiders were three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take them laying the points. I think Max Crosby is going to have a day. I think Carl Nassib is going to have a day. And whether or not it's Tua Tungavailoa, it is uh, Jacoby Brissett, it's Deshaun Watson, um, anybody <laughs> anybody behind this Pipe offensive dream. line <laughs> yeah. is, is just going to have a very, very bad day at the office. So, Give me, give me the Raiders to, to win this game. Give give me the Raiders going three and zero. And again, I understand it's early in the season, but you go you go three and zero. You have a huge division matchup week four against the Chargers. You got the the Chicago Bears week five, and then two weeks before your bye week, you have another AFC West champion uh, AFC West matchup with the Denver Broncos, who right now are also undefeated and are feeling themselves pretty good right now. So. The, the Raiders might be buzzing, bro. Like nobody, everyone had them written them off for dead. But if they can, if they can steal some wins against the Chargers, which is a possibility, and the Denver Broncos, which on the defensive side of the football might be a bit of a stretch, watch out, man. These Raiders, there's something else. They got some moxie, and I'm all here for it. Yeah. 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 Listen, lo- well, like you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jay. Sorry. Yeah, you were you were spot on, Puma. Like it doesn't matter who you have a quarterback. Like you could have Patrick Mahomes back. You got Lamar Jackson, who's the most elusive, you know, runner with the with the ball in the NFL. It doesn't matter if you have 1.5 seconds to throw the football, right? Like that that offensive line is a major problem. Like somebody on Twitter, I sent it to you guys today, had you know broken down all nine plays that Tua took before he got hurt, and like every single one of them, man. Like he's getting the ball, he's looking up, and there's a rusher right in his face. So there's definitely something that that they got to do to fix that offensive line. And furthermore, some of these problems from last year are rolling into this year. Like the rushing attack, where's that? I mean, there was none last year. There's none this year as well. You guys end up with what 71 yards against the Buffalo Bills. Um, like absolutely all the all the way around, man. It was a hard performance. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, obviously, they got right and they threw up 35 points against the Dolphins. But like, if I'm you, Puma, I'm like, holy shit! Like, how did it go so bad so quick from a Week One win against the Patriots and now we're uh, we're down to here? So, but even other- that that wasn't even impressive. Like that <laughs> yeah. wasn't even impressive. Oh, yeah. On the other side, listen. I'm not buying into the Raiders just yet because it is 2-0, but, like, like it is kind of nice to see the Raiders start to get a little bit of a mojo going here, right? Derek Carr is off to an absolutely amazing start. He's averaging 400 yards per game, and like I said in the last segment, he's in the MVP race uh, with Brady and Kyler Murray at the moment. Like, I expect this Raiders defensive line to wreak all kinds of havoc on the offensive line of the Miami Dolphins. Like, Jacoby Brissett's in for a rough night, man. Like, I'm thinking three, four sacks. Give me the Raiders 28-17, man. Do you think they're going to put up 17 points? 17 points, man. <laughs> like, bruh, bruh. Oh, man. If they put no. up 17 points, I'll be impressed. Dude, I'm I'm with you guys on this. I, I, I'm I surprised Tua wasn't, you know, out after that hit that he took from Matt Judon in the first game of the year against the Dolphins where he got absolutely laid out. He got out. lit off. Laid, oh. laid out. You know, I just, I, you know, while you were talking about it, Puma, I Googled the, uh, you know, the hit on Tua. My God, that is atrocious. Like, that doesn't that look right. like a hip injury, right? Like, that, no. I mean, a rib injury. That's like a hip yeah, yeah, kind of deal, injury. right? Like, Very well, could be. Isn't it a like, hip, too? I think so, yeah. The, yeah. the protection on that was horrid. horrid. That guy just straight up got beat. He didn't even, it didn't even look like he touched him. He but, fucking know, threw a shove after the guy went by him. 
The like, guy clearly brutal. was two yards past, and he throws a shove. What are you fucking shoving at the air? Is this the oh, invisible yeah. man that's coming around the corner? My God, I'll get worked up, Burge. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm tired of cutting you off. I'm, I'm going to shut up. Burge, you have the floor. No, Untouched. Uh, Go dude, ahead. Uh, dude, I'm 100% with you on that. Like, that is that is a big problem for this Miami Dolphins team. If they're not going to be able to protect who's back there, who knows? That Who knows? This week, next week, the next week at this time, we could be talking about Jacoby Brissett being injured, for God's sake. I mean, that was absolutely horrid. And like you, Puma, I agree. They invested in this guy. They, you know, they knew he was coming in, you know, with an injury history. They invested in him. Why they didn't try to do more in, in either the free agency or the draft this year to protect him, uh, 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 it blows my mind. I mean, it, it almost makes you kind of second guess that, that trade that they made. With uh, with the 49ers, where they could have just taken you know, Penesul or one of the one of the tackles in early in the uh, early in the draft. Man, Rayshon Slater would look really fucking nice right now. Exactly, Slater would be looking fucking fantastic right now. I'd be a happy mm-hmm. goddamn camper if Absolutely. I had Slater or Penesul. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, you gotta protect you gotta protect the kid, and you know I I hope I hope the best for him. You know, I obviously you know I don't think highly of him as an NFL quarterback, but you never like to see somebody get hurt like that, you know, and have that kind of like define your career, which who knows, it may, it may if he keeps getting hurt. You know, going talking about the Raiders here, you know, the Raiders are definitely a big surprise, you know, coming into this year. Jay, your sister must be thrilled that she chose oh, the Raiders as her team. Let's go, sis. Super Bowl. Yep. She's talking about Super Bowl right now. I'm like, bro, yeah. you have no idea how hard it's going to be the Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's go, like, sis. So Derek Carr got this. I'm like, you don't even know who Derek Carr was three weeks ago. <laughs> hey, Derek Carr, Wait. DC can spin that ball, babes. Spin she it. She knows now. She knows now. And, you know, he's off to a great start. You know, I, you know, Jay, I kind of agree with you. You know, he's definitely in that discussion for the early MVP candidate. You know, through two weeks, uh, you know the Dolphins. I, I agree again with everything you guys have said. Their rushing attack has been nothing. You know, Miles Gaskin had you know seven carries on twenty. I'm sorry, wow, seven carries on twenty yards uh, in that in that game. They ended up going to you know Salvin Salvin Ahmed in the game too. He you know six carries for twenty nine yards was obviously better than what Gaskin was, but not good enough. Um, Give me the Raiders in this game, you know, laying the or um, you know laying the points, the three and a half points here. I, I think that the Raiders are going to go to three and zero, oh, and you know what? Look out for them. Like you said, like you guys said, you know they got some big matchups coming up with the uh, with the uh, what was it the Chargers? You know I think that's going to be a great game. And let let's be honest, the stalwart in that division, the the Kansas City Chiefs, the Raiders have played them very well over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Talk and about think, it. I think Talk about it! They've split, right? <laughs> they've yeah. split, right? I think they've and, split, you know. Yeah, and then they took a lap around both. the stadium and the team bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, look out for them. I mean, the, the Broncos, you know, they're 2-0. and I think they're a little bit of a fraudulent 2-0. and mm-hmm. I expect them to kind of come back down to earth. I think Teddy Bridgewater's playing, you know, is overachieving right now. I mean, I, I, I like... I, be honest, I think the Raiders have a shot to win. The, they have a really good shot to win this division here, especially if Derek Carr stays healthy, keeps playing the way he does. Josh Jacobs, I think he's going to miss this game, but I don't think it's going to necessarily hurt them to keep him out um, to get him 100% healthy. But if they can get that that running game going with that passing offense, obviously Henry Ruggs had a good game. We all know what Darren Waller is at this point. 
you know, I, I think they, they may be a team here that, you know, they're yeah. to watch going forward here. And uh, just real quick before I before I pass the baton off, Parker's picks, he picked the Las Vegas Raiders to win this oh, game. So oh, we got like two clean hey, sweeps. Holy you guys shit. are picking right except for the Patriots here. <laughs> just going to say, just going to say. Um, Jesus. But, well, we're, we're, two things real quick. One, I expect a big Brian Edwards game just because I think obviously a lot of focus is going to go towards Darren Waller and then obviously Henry Ruggs, but I think that's going to open up some Brian Edwards action. And two, I just want to say I filed an official missing persons report with the Miami-Dade uh, you know, County Police Department. <laughs> For the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins, and um, I also I also put uh, pictures of the guys on the back of milk cartons for for uh, for the offensive line. So if anybody knows where the offensive line is for the Miami Dolphins, please hit me up on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Hit me up on the DMs. Give me give me a call. You know one eight hundred. I want a fucking offensive line. That's the that's a line you can reach me at. Please, I have an official report with the Miami-Dade County Police Department. Wow. So just for I want my offensive line. <laughs> just for everybody listening here. For Puma's all 30 of y'all. For all Puma's 30 of y'all listening. Team. Puma's favorite team, the Buffalo Bills. Well, oh, this son of a bitch right here. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know what? You know what, Chantel? Call the cops. Call the cops. I want to report a murder, all right? Along with the missing persons report for the offensive line. Son of a bitch. I'm already in a dark spot, Burge. I'm in a dark spot, okay? I have no offensive line. I'm not going to put that on Tua, and you start that bullshit. Cut to the next goddamn game. Let's go. Welcome to Life This better be the most watched clip on Twitter and Instagram. You better put hashtag Brando Rants. Sons of bitches. Welcome to Life as a Patriots fan, okay? Uh, here we go. I don't want to hear shit. Y'all don't know shit. I'm the captain. I'm the captain of the back of the bus. Y'all just live here. I run shit here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a dark place in the back of the bus. <laughs> God damn. All right, let's move on to the Puma's Washington football. Uh, well, the one-on-one -on -one Washington football team taking on the one-on-one -one Buffalo Bills in hey. Tua Bowl number two. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Washington Christ. football team is coming off of a thriller victory on Thursday night where they beat the New York Giants. And we just talked about the Buffalo Bills steamrolling the offensive line of the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully I didn't trigger Puma again. But Puma, since you love both these quarterbacks, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Let it go. Tell us who you love more, Heineke or, Buff or Josh Allen in this matchup. Uh, Heineke! Heineke! Now, 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 Jay, let's try that again. What's his name? Uh, Heineken. No, 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 no. Let's, 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 let's try it one more time. Heineken has not given him a a, uh, a advertisement deal yet, but Bud Light is in the bullpen. Bud Light is in the bullpen. What what is uh, what is that quarterback's name for the Washington Football Team? One more time. Make sure you get Heineke. the high note. Heineken. Heineken. So yeah, no. I, I mean, listen, listen. I love me some Taylor Heineke. I I, I love me some Josh Allen. I, I'm not going to rehash the Buffalo Bills again. Um, I have the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> rolling in this game i think they're i think Ooh, they're gonna wow. win but but wow. i i will say the point spread here uh the the washington football team uh last time i looked they were eight and a half point uh underdogs I, i'm gonna take the points with the washington football team i mean i liked what i saw coming off of a short week where you know it was definitely a letdown the week uh the week prior against the chargers everyone had the, uh, the the Washington football team defense in the like the same echelon as like the 2000 Ravens and like the 85 in the 85 Bears 
And it was a massive disappointment. We talked about it last week. Um, I saw some signs of improvement. They got after Daniel Jones in the first half. Uh, they actually had a little bit of a third down defense, but that we all saw they struggled when they did like the read option and the quarterback keeper with Daniel Jones. He led the team with rushing. I think he had like 97 yards. He would have had a touchdown if it wasn't a ticky tack holding call. Um, Heineke looked good. I mean, Heineke went 34, 46, 336 yards, two touchdowns. One interception. Now, I'm not looking at the last week's game with the Washington football team through rose-colored glasses. He should have had two interceptions. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he had a ball. He was trying to get it to, uh, to Humphreys and Bradbury. He hit him right in the – he hit Bradbury uh, for the Giants right in the hands, and he just dropped it. So he really should have had two interceptions on that day. Um, I know he was great spotting the ball. Uh, he loves, uh, you know, Brett Favre. I think they went – he went to uh, – from the same area of Mississippi, kind of looked up to him a bit. But he was staring down receivers a lot. Like, he was staring down guys a lot. That led to the interception where he was trying to get the ball to McLaurin to kind of close the game out. Um, so he got lucky in that aspect of things. But I, I like the Washington football team to cover here. But I have the Buffalo Bills winning this game. I mean, if the, if the Washington football team has any shot, they're going to have to get off the field on third down, mm-hmm. especially against mm-hmm. Diggs and Beasley and, and Josh Allen, who can run, and Dawson Knox, who's been getting involved in the game, and you know Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Fantasy purposes, you want to rip your hair out because it's a running back by committee, but they're getting the job done. So get off the field on third downs. Be smart with the football on the offensive side. Let's go. I mean, wow. How do I follow that up with Heineke? Let's Heineke. You know, Heineke. I. You know what? I was actually you know impressed with him in uh, in their game against the Giants. And you know I know I, I'm gonna say it. They should have lost that game. 100%. They should have lost that game. I'll say that. The Giants. The Giants yeah. vomited all over themselves in typical fashion. And you know that interception he threw late in that game was brutal. He almost threw the game away at that point. Uh, you know, uh, like you, Puma, I think that the defense definitely has to step up. Obviously, facing you know, you know what what was billed at the beginning of the year as uh, MVP candidate in Josh Allen has looked far from that through two weeks here. Um, you know, I want to see Antonio Gibson really get involved. Uh, you know, with this team, I mean, he had 13 carries for 69 yards. He he was very well there. I, I, I'd like to see more from the passing game from him. It seems like that Ron Rivera and the and the football team there are are relying on McKissick uh, a little bit more in the passing game, uh, in terms of uh, you know what they're trying to do there. And I'd like to see Antonio Gibson become more of that dual threat back with mm-hmm. the Washington football team. Uh, you know, obviously for fantasy purposes, that's irrelevant in this case, but. I, I really feel that he has the ability to be that kind of dual threat back. So, like, you're not kind of telegraphing what you're doing when, you know, your running back is on the field. Obviously, when J.D. McKissick is on the field, they know they're going to throw the ball. And I, I I think if that they can incorporate Antonio Gibson into that, I think that their offense will go, you know, uh, you know a lot further. As, in, in terms of Taylor Heineke, you know what, Puma, I'm starting to buy the Kool-Aid here a little bit. On, Welcome on aboard! Heineke. I'm starting mm-hmm. to buy it. I, I think yeah. that you know he's he's been far better than I thought he was going to be through two weeks. Obviously, we had that 
that playoff game last year against the Bucs where he almost beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on, you know, starting on, a, you know, kind of a last-second uh, uh, situation. But through two games, you know, when he came in last week and then now, I, I they might have something in him. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm excited to see what happens uh, going forward. Obviously, Terry McLaurin's going to Terry McLaurin. You know, he was a beast in that game. I want to see more of Logan Thomas and Diami Brown Talk stepping up in that it. in that in that offense. I want to see them. I want to see Di- especially Diami Brown to, to to step up and be kind of that second uh, that second look for for that Washington uh, offense. In terms of the Buffalo Bills, you know they did they did roll against the Miami Dolphins last week. They did have you know they played against you know Jacoby Brissett. Obviously, it was four, I think it was fourteen nothing at that point when he. Uh, when he came into that game, and then obviously everything kind of went downhill after that with, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett. The Dolphins had to, you know, adjust. I'm still not sold on the Buffalo Bills. they got to show me more. I mean, Josh Allen, 179 yards, two touchdowns, did run the ball for, for 35 yards on five carries. I'm still not seeing this explosive team that I saw last year out of this Buffalo Bills, you know, I can't rag, rag on their defense at all because they shut out the Miami Dolphins. Again, not hard to do when your starting quarterback gets knocked out, and obviously the coaching staff didn't really adjust properly in this game. Uh, for me, I'm going with the uh, with the Washington football team, covering the oh. eight points. I think they're going to win the game. Oh! Uh, I think it's going to be a close Look game. Look at you, Burge! Uh, shocking, froggy. right? Uh, I shocking. love this. Shocking, Let's go. but they're... I, I think even if Buffalo does squeak out a win here, it's they're they're not going to win by more than eight here. I, I'm eight and a half, some big number. Yeah, it's a big spread, and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I'm going with Washington football team here. I think their defense gets right, and I, I am going to pick them to win outright uh, in this game. But I do think it will be decided by a field goal or less. Um, and real quick, Jay, before you go, Parker's picks. I got to start training my kid mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. to not pick the Buffalo Bills. Hey, hey, you picked... leave Sharp Parker alone. You leave Sharp no. Parker alone. He's going to be is... making us some money. No, 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 no. He picked the Buffalo Bills here. I was very unhappy about it. We moved on, but I, I got some training to do with my with my little guy. But he did pick the Buffalo Bills uh, uh, minus the eight here. Yeah. Yeah, listen, there, there's something really great brewing in, in Washington with that Taylor Heineke story. And, you know, anytime he steps on the field, like there's a different energy that the team has. They kind of like they really like the guy. They kind of rally around him. You don't really see, you don't really see that kind of energy when Ryan Fitzpatrick was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I think the dude has moxie. He has confidence. I think he's quote unquote a gamer, man. At the end of the day, anytime he steps on the field, whoever he's playing against, he's gonna get you in that game and give you a chance to win. I mean, he put the fear of God in me last year when when they were playing the the Buccaneers, Bro. and I thought they were gonna lose that game. I remember looking at Puba running around like in like a madman when. <laughs> When he had that touchdown, I was like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> but listen, I, I think the best thing about Taylor Haneke is, man, like, he has great ball placement. If you watch him, and yeah, he does stare down receivers occasionally, but I think he's so confident where he places the ball that he can get away with some of those throws. And obviously, it's going to catch up with him. But the fact that he can, like, throw the ball on the outside shoulder consistently is something special. I mean, his ball placement's off the charts. On the other end, the Buffalo Bills, man, they had a get-right game, as they call it. They kind of flexed their muscles a little bit against the Miami Dolphins. Josh Allen returned to form in 
threw two touchdowns. Zach Moss rushed for two touchdowns. Singletary had a really big 49-yard play for a touchdown as well. Um, so it seems like they're they're kind of rounding into shape. The game really is going to come down to can you know. Uh, Montez Sweat, uh, Chase Young, Allen, can those boys get consistent pressure on Josh Allen? And I think if you can, then they can win. Unfortunately, I just don't see uh, the Washington football team going into Buffalo Bills Stadium and being them. So give me Buffalo big here, 38-17, a little bit of a blowout here. Wow. Yes, sir. Oof. Oof. And Oof. Not the uh, and then finally final game of the uh, game previews we've got the Green Bay Packers at one and one traveling to San Francisco to play the two and zero Forty Niners. The Eagle uh, the Forty Niners are coming off of a win against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a low scoring game, I believe. The final score was 17-11, something along those lines. And then the Green Bay Packers um, played last night on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Lions hung around for about a half or so. It was 17, 17 and a half, and then Green Bay went up a couple touchdowns and blew them out. So, with that being said, Puma, who do you got winning this game? I got San Francisco winning this game, and I, I'm saying that fully understanding that every running back, as of recording on September 21st at 9:17 in the evening, that almost every running back is going to be on the injury report for the 49ers. Yikes! But like, I learned nothing new from the Green Bay Packers last night. Like, short of the fact that, you know, at the press conference, um, one, uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't look like either he was like a terminally ill patient or a crackhead. He looked like a human actually answering questions about the, the game last night. And two, I think he actually maybe highlighted his hair a little bit. I, I saw some blonde streaks underneath the helmet. Last night, but I mean, and, and real realistically, like all jokes aside, I learned nothing from the Green Bay Packers last night. The offense looked great. It, it, the bar was so low from week one; you can only go up from there. But Aaron Jones is a beast. All right, Devonte uh, Devonte Adams is a, a, a fucking savage, top Thank wide you. receiver in the NFL right now. Um, and, and you know, he Aaron Rodgers was getting a bit of a rapport. Robert Tunyon or Bob Tunyon, depending on who's doing commentary on the game looked like a stud like a george kittle jr out there so the offense was doing their thing the defensive side of the football is a massive problem still i mean there was times where you know De uh deandre swift was getting some wiggle um javal williams was getting some wiggle uh the first half of jared goff for all of the jokes aside and all the stuff that went on the offseason that guy was lethal in the red zone. Like, I think if they converted that fourth down in the third quarter, honestly, I would have tried to have him get the get the Packers to jump on a hard count or maybe do, like, a fucking screen, something like, or just fucking fall forward instead of trying to get it to Cephas and he drops the football and turns, turns it over on downs, and that was the whole ball game at that point. But, I mean, Goff was lethal in the red zone, and this defense really didn't have an answer for anything up until they went up two scores. So... Give me Jimmy Garoppolo slash Trey Lance slash maybe Debo Samuel at quarterback and running back uh, against the, the Green Bay Packers. Last I looked, San Francisco was four-point favorites. The over-under is 48 and a half. Um, I kind of like the over a little bit. It's just a lean, but give me this, give me San Francisco laying four points. I think, I think they're going to have their way with the Green Bay Packers this week. Uh, you know, watching that game last night, obviously my main focus in the game was Devontae Adams get me 10 points so I can uh, I can win yeah. my fantasy matchup, and he did end up getting it without scoring a touchdown. So very happy about that. Um, 
Puma, I'm with you. I really learned nothing more about Green Bay in this game. Obviously, Aaron Jones kind of returned to form a bit, you know, as a pass catcher, especially, you know, with the three touchdown catches from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, their defense is an absolute problem, like you said. Jared Goff, uh, he was very impressive in that first half. I mean, was essentially flawless. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson, you know, my kind of low-key guy Stud. that I think is going to be in that Waller, Kelsey territory uh, in terms of fantasy production, you know, going forward here. I think he was obviously poised to break out with no other real established weapons on that De Detroit offense uh, passing game. That being said, I mean, Detroit really was inept in running the ball in this game. I mean, Jared Goff was their leading rusher with 46 yards in the game. And, you know, they're going to be going against, you know, Green Bay is going to be going against a, a legit rushing attack, you know, depending whoever it is running the ball, whether it's Jermichael Hasty, Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, whoever it is is out there. Uh, you could you can you can loop uh, Debo Samuel into that as well, and Brandon Ayuk. They incorporate them into those into those uh, those packages as well. So I, they're going to be up for a different type of test going forward here. I, I I'm with you 100 percent on this. I think uh, the last spread I looked at actually was three and a half. Oh, it uh, came down. Okay, 49ers laying three and a half in this game. I too am uh, going to take them laying the points to win this game. I think San Francisco is as another team that is going to push for that NFC West title mm -hmm. with the Rams. I think the Rams ultimately will end up prevailing, but San Francisco is a is a team to, to, to watch out for. They have so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, you know, with their defense, who they have uh, on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, give me the uh, 49ers laying the points and uh, winning outright. Also, Parker agrees with me. 49ers going to win. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so listen, man, at the end of the day, Puma, I think you're spot on. We didn't learn much about the Green Bay Packers last night, especially how bad that Lions team is. Um, you know, for the first six, you know, quarters of the 2021 season, that Packers defense has looked like really, really bad. I mean, it's, it's looked really sluggish and it wasn't up until the halftime of last night's game that the, uh, the Lions were able to, uh, to open it up a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Packers were able to clamp down a little bit on the, on the Lions. Coupled out with the fact that the Packers have always struggled to slow down a Kyle Shanahan offense, uh, I think this could be a long night for, for the Packers. Uh, it's a short week. they got to go out there. I think the only real chance they have at winning this game is if they get up to a fast start, the Packers, and then they just kind of keep the ball away uh, from the 49ers and run the ball. So I'm going to keep the short and sweet. I think the, the Packers don't really have a chance in this. They'll put up a fight for about a half, um, but ultimately it'll be like a 34-24 kind of win. Uh, for for the 49ers. Man, we agreed a lot on these Jeez. picks this I, week. I, do do I have to fade? Like, can I go to New Jersey? Like, do I have to fade all the games we just talked about? Like, holy shit. I don't think we've agreed this much ever. Yeah. Damn. My God. Yeah. You know, you know what this, you know what's happening. You know how like once you're in a relationship with somebody for so long, you guys kind of like mend views and personalities. I feel like oh, we're not there yet. This, 
we've all been doing this for so long that we're kind of seeing eye to eye, minus the Avas Bella fraud BS. You know what I'm saying? We're not yeah. there yet, Jay. We're not there we're not yet, there Jay. Yet. But the rest of it, when I hell think we're, freezes we're over, that's when you guys will be like the honeymooners. It'll be great. Oh my god, I absolutely. Wait. I would. I uh, know. I would never. never agree <laughs> that Bella fraud is anything good. The man's a fucking hack. But regardless uh, of that, let's let's move on to the segment sweeping the nation. Best best with the Puma, where he will help you. Win some hard, cold hard cash. Yes, cold hard. The cash. resident degenerate of the podcast is going to help you become a degenerate as well. It's going to be great. We're going to be cashing some tickets. Did a did okay last week. Now again, this uh, segment of the podcast is brought to you by the unofficial official sports book of uh, the uh, Pro Football Radio podcast, and that is DraftKings Sportsbook. Not only is it available in like a, a bazillion states right now, just kidding, I wish, but in reality, in the great state of Connecticut, it will be going live for retail betting and in-app betting on October seventh, and I can't wait. I will not Rest miss in peace. my trip. I will not miss my trips over the Tappan Zee Bridge to New Jersey to get my bets in. Um, But let's get this show on the road. Uh, Off the top, uh, Las Vegas Raiders against the Miami Dolphins, the inept Miami Dolphins, which, again, I have a missing persons report out for the offensive line of the Dolphins. They are laying three and a half at home in Vegas. I am taking the Raiders uh, to cover that three and a half. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh – uh, the, right now, the game is actually off of the board at DraftKings. Uh, earlier today, when I looked this morning, the Bengals were four-and-a-half-point uh, dogs. But uh, really, the, the, the game came off the board when reports came out that Ben Roethlisberger was dinged up with a pec issue. And then T.J. Watt, uh, he has like a, a groin issue. He missed the majority of the game last week against the Raiders. Uh, Deontay Johnson has a knee issue, which was kind of a stupid thing. Not on him, just because it happened in the last play. You're down nine points. Even if you get a touchdown and a two-point conversion, you're still going to end up losing that football game. So an unnecessary injury for Deontay Johnson. Uh, Joey Burrows, also known as Joey Covers. I'm not really going to put a whole lot of stock into the back-to-back, two-back interceptions that he had last week against the Chicago Bears. I think the Cincinnati Bengals defense is another defense that has been surprising people. I like Cincinnati catching four and a half points right now. The Saints off the top, I like them catching three points in Foxborough, and I think they can also win outright that game. Washington football team, I have them catching eight and a half points. I like them to cover that game. Uh, Again, I think they're going to lose against Buffalo, but I think they're going to cover the eight and a half. And then the Minnesota Vikings, uh, they are a one-point dog. I don't know why I'm spacing this matchup right now. They're playing the Seattle Seahawks. Actually, it moved. Uh, They are now two-point underdogs uh, at home against the Seattle Seahawks. I like Minnesota getting two points at home. Uh, We can all say what we want about Kirk Cousins or Kirby Cousins, depending on what game he has. But, I mean, through two games, he's looked pretty—he's looked really good. He's looked serviceable. And even from a fantasy perspective, Burge, maybe you have some thoughts on this too. He's been a serviceable quarterback if you're one of those guys, like myself, that's been streaming a lot. Um, I like Minnesota getting the points at home. I also kind of lean to the under. I think 55 is a, is a little bit rich for my blood right now. Uh, so if I had to bet the game, I would kind of take the under. It's actually 55 and a half right now. So those are my best bets. Vegas lane three and a half. Cincinnati catching four and a half against the Steelers. New Orleans catching three 
in New England. Washington football team catching eight and a half on the road in Minnesota, catching two, uh, two points against the Seattle Seahawks. Boom, Vegas ain't got none on the Puma. Mm-mm. We're all about hey, cashing them checks. Degenerate Puma coming to you from Las Vegas Light, Shelton, Connecticut. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Of course. going to be Club Med when I can bet in the house. <laughs> hey, Puma, what's your uh, what's, which game you take taking to the bank this week? My take it to the bank. I, I got to go. I got to go with the Raiders. They're, they're, they're my take it to the bank. I, they're it's, they're going to cover that three and a half. <laughs> Yeah, well, Puma, me, I do. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say my take it to the bank this week is uh, Washington football team covering the eight points. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Now, Puma, I can't, you know, I actually do listen to you when you talk. You know, I take your advice. And mm-hmm. you have been beating this drum that the Kansas City Chiefs do not cover. And lo and behold, they play one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL this week, the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Barber. That's six and a half. That's what I'm seeing here. I don't know if that line has moved or not, but. I'm going to take the uh, Los Angeles Chargers on six and a half, man. Yep, I it's like still it. Six and a half. I like, them, co- I like them covering too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. to recap, we have the Washington football team as the first leg of our Take It to the Bank parlay, catching eight and a half. You got the Raiders laying three and a half for myself. And then you have Jay with his boy, Justin Herbert, catching six and a half points on the road in Arrowhead. Now, Jay, can you imagine? Uh, I'll post this to the room, and then I swear we'll go to Fantasy Bullets with Burge. Um, what do you think it would, like life would be like as a Kansas City Chiefs fan if they lose two games in a row, especially listen, at home? Yeah, listen, I don't like. I wish it would happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. But listen, all of these dynasties, all these great offensive, you know, powerhouse teams. They occasionally do get complacent, and and I do think this could be one of those times where the Kansas City Chiefs could lose back-to-back games. I know when Brady was in New England and we were running through everybody roughshod, there was occasionally a year or a year here or a year there where we'd lose back-to-back games. I think this could be it, and if there's any other person that could do it, it would be Justin Herbert. Now, I'm a little concerned with some of the picks he threw last week in the uh, Dallas Cowboys game, and he's really got to clean that up, but... I would not be shocked one bit with that defensive line and Joey Bosa getting after um, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Derwin James and those safeties playing cover two and just making the Kansas City Chiefs drive mm-hmm. the length of the field, which they hate doing. They love going for that big play and they get impatient. I think Derwin James could be in for an interception or two, and I would not be one bit shocked if the Chargers won that game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and then the final segment that is sweeping the nation, Fantasy Bulls with Birds. Sir, what are your uh, hot start sits, I guess? Is that the best way of putting it for you? So I'm going to go – I'm actually going to go with my hot ad for the week uh, in this in this uh, this segment here. The, the big guy that I'm targeting in my leagues who is uh, who has been out there on the waiver wire, K.J. Osborne. He's a receiver from Minnesota. And, you know, through two weeks, he's, uh, he's been a very productive PPR uh, receiver uh, for the Vikings. You know, week one, he came out with uh, seven receptions for 76 yards. That's a 14.6 point uh, day for him. And then last week, five receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown, which is it's, it's very impressive that he's, uh, he's taken such a big part of this Vikings offense given, you know, the presence of, you know, Justin Jefferson and, and Adam Thielen there. I, I, if he's out here in your waiver wires, pick him up. I'm going to be targeting him in all my leagues. 
hoping to uh, hoping to snag him up. Um, you know, if you want to start, you want to start talking uh, start and sit. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, for, for me, a big one that you may have been worried about going into the season here. Um, you know, a little bit because he's coming off injury. Cortland Sutton, he exploded this week for the Denver Broncos. Uh, I've been benching him in, in, you know, the leagues that I own him in, but he, I think he exploded for like a hundred and something yard, 150 yards, maybe. Um, he's, he's a guy that, you know, with, especially with Jerry Judy being out, uh, definitely an app, uh, definitely a target to, to, to start in, uh, in your leagues. Now, if, if he's on, your, I'm assuming he's not in your waiver wire, but if you do have him, you're unsure about him. I think he showed a lot, uh, you know, this week, you know, against obviously the lowly Jaguars, but uh, he's playing the uh, the lowly New York Jets next week. So uh, I think he is an absolute start uh, if you have him on your roster. Yeah. Now, listen, I am 0-2 so far, and I'm hating life. You know, I'm starting to get Yikes. to the point where I'm like, this is why I hate fantasy football. But let me, let me ask you, what's your thoughts on Chase Claypool? Because so far he's had... Two pretty bad games. What seven points week one, six point seven for week two. I mean, what what's happening there, man? I mean, in Pittsburgh, if you're if you're in a PPR league, the guy to own in that receiving core for Pittsburgh is Deontay Johnson. You know, I don't think he's had a drop yet mm-hmm. through two weeks. If I if I'm remembering correctly, um, he's the guy there that's gonna you know get you the PPR points. Chase Claypool is a little bit more of a uh, a big play guy where he's gonna you know haul in a long touchdown or, or or make a play after a catch where he's gonna he's gonna get to pay dirt um you know obviously the injury to big ben is very concerning uh you know for his production because obviously if they're gonna throw out uh, their backup quarterback i think it's still mason rudolph uh there in pittsburgh it's a little bit uh worrisome if you're a chase claypool owner okay okay <coughs> And maybe this is a, a question for the both of you guys because it's a Miami-related question. But if I was to... I got both Will Fuller and Devontae Parker sitting out there on waivers. Who should I be targeting out of those two guys? Puma, go ahead. Honestly, like... Nobody? <laughs> I mean, honestly... <laughs> Can't get the ball to them? <laughs> n- nobody. I mean, maybe, maybe, like... Devontae Parker, just because he's been there so long, he has been, air quote, like, old faithful. And, like, you know, who knows what's really going on with Will Fuller. Like, there's reports of, like, personal issues. He reported back to camp earlier, uh, to, to the team this week. But, I mean, there's there's been, like, a lot of questions from the beat reporters wondering, like, if he's actually going to play a full season. So, like, I mean, if you're in a dire spot for a wide receiver uh, for the Dolphins, I, I guess Devontae Parker, but like if you had the chance to like move it on down the line and maybe get like a KJ Hamler or like mm-hmm. somebody yep. else from the Broncos, like I would pivot to that before I would start looking at the Dolphins anything. Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of second what Puma's saying there. I mean, Will Fuller, he's an absolute unknown at this point, so you don't know what he's going to be with this Dolphins team, especially, you know, with a backup quarterback in there. Devontae Parker, you know, gets his targets every week. I think he had seven in week one, nine last week against Buffalo. Um, you know, uh, Parker is definitely the safer add there. But like I said, I would, it, with, given the injury to Tua and how the Dolphins seem to be in a little bit of disarray right now, not knowing who's going to play quarterback and obviously the state of their offensive line as we've 
beating the dead horse on on this pod, um, I, I I would potentially look for uh, another option at that point. Like I said, KJ Osborne, he's been very consistent through two weeks. If you're going to add him, great. Rondale Moore's another one who's probably out there with Arizona. He he has been uh, been a very very high spot for them. Uh, through two weeks, and I was an idiot and traded him away over Rashad Bateman with the Baltimore Ravens in my Dynasty League. I toyed with that. Rondo Moore was my guy coming out of the draft that I wanted to hit with a pick, and I probably screwed that one up. I see him on waiver. Should I pick him up? Rondo Moore, I would definitely pick him up because I think he's just going to get more involved as the year goes on. I I, I really would pick him up if you you can afford... If you can afford a, a, like I said, he's been impressive through two weeks, but you know how many weapons that that Arizona team has. So uh, you may want to wait another week before you actually play him mm-hmm. uh, just to you know ensure that you know he's going to be a focal point in that offense. I know they really like him down there in Arizona, um, but, I mean, he's been very impressive through through two weeks in terms of being involved. Obviously, last week he went for 114 yards. So, I would definitely add him to your roster if you if you have yeah. an ability to do it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put a waiver in for him. I'm gonna drop Lavishka Chenault because I haven't seen anything out of that Jacksonville. Um, They've been offense. very disappointing. Very yeah. disappointing through the uh, in terms of fantasy through the uh, first two weeks. Uh, you know, obviously with Urban Meyer down there, DJ Shark. I mean, he had one reception for 19 yards last week. He's supposed to be the number one down there. You know, everybody was pretty high on him uh, coming into this season in terms of being a number one receiver. He had a pretty good year uh, in 2019. He was pretty good last year. He was out for a few games, but yeah, I would I would definitely make that move. I think I think this is the week I'm gonna win because you know not because of like. My mainstays like Calvin Ridley or Christian McCaffrey, but it's because my defense, the Denver Broncos, is uh, playing the New York Jets. So that's like a guaranteed two interceptions right there. <laughs> Absolutely, and and just a just a tip a tip point here. This is how I run kind of my fantasy years in in regular redraft leagues. Play your defense on matchups every week. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't have to stick with your defense through the year if you. You see a favorable matchup on free agency or, or waivers, I would I would jump on that. Like you don't have to ride your defense the whole year. It's why I kind of I like to wait until like the very end of the draft to select my defense because I know I'm gonna just play matchups all year. Ooh. I might just pick up that Vegas Raiders defense against the Miami Dolphins. That's I a mean, guarantee. I'm about, about to drop, Heck? I'm about Heck? To drop gonna... the Washington football team defense for them. So Yikes <laughs> No, that's it, it's a great, great, uh, great philosophy to go with, and it's worked for me in the past. I mean, I went six and zero this week in my six leagues with my my victories. So not to toot well, my own horn, but congratulations! It Brad. worked out good. We Thank are you, Devontae so Adams. Happy for you. You should hey, finally hey, give me some praise. It's about don't time. Don't be mocking. Don't be mocking the fantasy expert. Okay, <laughs> he's on the pod for this shit. So yeah. I don't want to hear no goddamn things now. Now, Birch, I need you as a as a Kyle Pitts, you know, manager. Yeah, I, I need you. I, I need you to put some wind in the sails. Like, is there are there brighter days ahead for Kyle Pitts? I mean, it looked like there there was some bright spots against like the against Tampa Bay, but like they're going against the Giants. Like their schedule coming up, it's it's not like a murderer's row. Like, are would you like? dump Kyle Pitts like would you try to package him in a trade would you hold him like 
What What are you thinking if you have Kyle Pitts on your roster right now? Uh, I definitely don't dump him because at some point he's going to break out, I think. I, I really believe that. I mean, they only have Calvin Ridley in that offense. Obviously, Russell Gage got uh, dinged up in that game uh, against the Buccaneers this week. You know, Atlanta as a whole has been very disappointing through two mm-hmm. weeks with their with their fantasy production. Uh, Calvin Ridley, I made a trade for him, a pretty big trade for him uh, in the offseason, and it hasn't exactly paid dividends yet. I mean, he did have the touchdown last week, but, I mean, I gave up Debo Samuel and David Montgomery to get him because I was looking for that stud receiver going forward here, and it hasn't exactly amounted to that yet. Um your best bet is either to bench him, keep a keep a bench spot open for him, and keep him until you know, you know he breaks out. Because I really do believe at some point this year he's going to have a monster game. I mean, you saw it against Tampa Bay this week where he was he he was really he he, he had some flashes in that game. You know, in terms of that one of those catches he made in that game was unbelievable, where he would kind of reach back for it through coverage, caught it, and ended up getting some yards after the catch there. Uh, I would not outright cut him. If you can package him in oh, a trade. Oh, no, no. It's either, like, trade or bench. Like, I'm not cutting that kid. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I mean, if you can kind of capitalize on his name, it's still early. So, in, in the event that he doesn't break out and you can get yourself another stud tight end, I mean, I would target – obviously, you're going to pay more now because he had a big game. But TJ Hawkinson would be a great, a great guy to go after uh, going forward. But – in the event you can't find a suitable trade, because you don't want to really sell low on him at this point, it's still too early to sell low. Um, I would just bench him and try to try to fill the position in other ways, whether it be through the waiver wire or through a trade where you, you're going to keep him on your roster. Yeah, and and Puma, just to give you some advice, I mean, I I saw week one how Atlanta was using him, and he was nowhere to be found, and that kind of concerned me. So I saw Gronkowski was out there, so I put mm-hmm. a claim in for him because Gronk's playing eighty one percent of the snaps, and they're using him heavily, and mm-hmm. Brady's looking for him quite often in the red zone. So I didn't like get rid of Pitts immediately. I dropped him down on the bench, and I picked up Gronk, and I'm just kind of waiting it out to see exactly what Pitts is going to do in the grand scheme of things. If everything pans out the way I want it to pan out and you know Pitts comes along and Gronk is playing well I'm going to start both Gronk and and uh Kyle Pitts and see how that goes I mean that's what absolutely. I'm doing right now because I have Darren Waller as my tight end so I got absolutely Waller and Pitts. so absolutely. I'm, I'm all set there like if I'm like in a dire need of a position like I might look to ship Pitts off but it's mm-hmm. just like disconcerting knowing that like okay like you're the highest drafted tight end in like NFL history and you haven't even found Pater yet. Like, well, oh, a lot, fuck. a lot of it comes down to Matt Ryan. And, and if I'm Arthur mm-hmm. Blank, I'm gonna have to make a decision on him here fairly soon, man. Because like, with Matt Ryan, it was always like, guy right, he can't win, but the dude consistently put up like really good numbers and looked sharp. But I mean, those two pick sixes he threw and how shaky he looked in Week One. If I'm Arthur Blank, I'm definitely reconsidering a couple of different things at my quarterback position. Mm-hmm. I mean. I- I dude, I second that 100%. You know, in terms of fantasy, you could always count on Matt Ryan to be kind of that mm-hmm. waiver level guy that you could pick up and plug in for a bye week or an injury or what have you. He has not looked like that through two weeks, despite having you know a a what is it 69% completion percentage, but only two touchdowns, three picks. You know, that's not that's not ideal for a guy. You know, if you have him on your fantasy team, you're definitely not starting him at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, 
Pitts, when you're when you're looking at these these receivers for from a fantasy perspective, you do like you, like Jay said with the snap count with Gronk. You want to look at that. You want to look at the amount of targets he's getting in the offense, whether or not he's catching it or not. You want to look at the targets that he's getting in 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 the offense because at the end of the day, those targets are eventually going to turn into receptions, which are points in a PPR league. So that's why that's why I'm kind of I'm kind of at the point now looking at Kyle Pitts' targets and and receptions. Like I'm not ready to just you, you definitely don't cut bait with him at this point. It's just mm-hmm. if you can trade him, and you can try to trade him for top value or or mid range value to improve another position in your roster. Great, but in your situation, Puma, where you have Darren Waller, there's no point to trade him. You just bench him and and ride it out. Mm-hmm. Sick. So. All right. Um, is that it for uh, the fantasy segment? That's that's all I got. Cool. Well, I got that uh, that brings it what to a close. You want to go ahead and uh, plug it up, Puma, and we'll call it a day. Yes, sir. Let's get so the hell out of here. We're in ninety-five minutes. I mean, we can always go longer. Hell right? yeah! <laughs> oh Jesus! Now we're that's why Rogan. we cut him up. And, and this was and this was me trying to like keep it to five games, and I go to the sixth game. <laughs> My God. Well, this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the podcast can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, under Pro Football Radio, Pro Football Radio Podcast, uh, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a five-star review, leave a comment, leave a question. If you see any questions, we'll be sure to answer them on the pod. Uh, so let's get some involvement on that front. Social media, Facebook and Instagram at Pro Football Radio Podcast. Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. The captain of the ship, Jay Chima, is at Jay Chima. And our senior contributor, senior senior analyst, senior all-world fantasy guy with the clean sweep of 6-0 and and the father of Sharp Parker, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge, is on the Twitter machine at uh, Burge, the goalie. Always a good time following him and uh, having him go hard in the paint. As always, on the Twitter machine, like, subscribe, download, hit us up on our DMs. Be sure to hit up Burge for any fantasy advice. And uh, Burge, I, I feel like if if uh, if the little guy has a another good week with the picks, I, I think he needs like a a sharp Parker tw- like a Twitter page. <laughs> it, it might need to happen. I mean, if he has another good week and he comes out over five hundred, man, I. You know what like I'm saying? I said, like, I, I'm gonna, gonna start. Happen? I'm gonna start dis- discrediting anything uh, I'm saying on this podcast, and I'm just gonna be like, Parker said this. I'm going with it. Yeah, that's, right. That's, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> well, How put at Sharp Parker. It'll be a picture of the kid with sunglasses on. Yeah, make it happen. Yep, exactly. <laughs> now, how would you feel if next week he picked? The Buccaneers over the Patriots. How would that? He's gonna orphan that you? kid. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna drop that kid off at the fire station. Hey, I'm not going to knock his football knowledge if it actually works out. So if, <laughs> if it comes to that, you know, I, it's going to be hard to pick against him, especially if he has a great performance again this week. So I I just can't do it, you know. All right, well, listen, that wraps, uh, wraps up week three. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week, and we'll be discussing the great one and Tom Brady going to play the evil Bella shit up in New England. That should be a fun podcast. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Fucker. Hey, uh, wait a sec, wait a Fucker sec. <laughs> Freddy Soliotis! You're fired! <laughs> see you guys next week. Bye, Cardinals!